Hello and welcome back to Have You Seen It? I'm Maggie and in this episode I have a historical drama to tell you about. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, so if you follow the podcast on Instagram or Twitter, you will know that this episode was supposed to come out last week, but when I sat down to edit it, I forgot to record it. So I apologize for this being a week late, but this week I have the show The Borgias. This show has a couple different shows listed for country of origin. They are Canada, Hungary, Ireland, and the United States. And Hungary is a country that I haven't covered yet, so I was pretty excited to see that it was at least listed. I might list it under Hungary, but I have a feeling it's only listed as a country of origin because that's where it was filmed. But it first aired in the United States and Canada, so it will probably go as a Canadian show. It was created by Neil Jordan, and it is a Myriad Pictures, Amblin Entertainment, Image Movers, Octagon Entertainment, Take 5 Productions, CTV, Bell Media, and Showtime Networks production. Like I just said, it first aired on April 3rd, 2011 on Bravo in Canada and on Showtime in the U.S. It's available for streaming on Hulu, YouTube TV, Sling TV, Fubo TV, the Roku channel, Amazon Prime Video, Showtime, Showtime Anytime, and Netflix with a subscription, as well as YouTube, Google Play Movies and TV, Apple TV, and Vudu, but you have to pay for it, so I think it's like 99 cents an episode or something like that. There are three seasons with a total of 29 episodes, and the episodes are all between 48 and 58 minutes. Some of them feel like that, and others feel like they go by quicker, so, you know, it's not too bad. It is based on the life of Cardinal Rodrigo Borgias, who became Pope Alexander VI in 1492. Sort of. There are some things that they portray in this show that may have happened, but didn't happen in the order that the show portrays it, and there are some names messed up, but I will go over some of that later. The show is set in Rome, 1492, and normally I would tell you where Canada is in the world and give you some fun facts about it, but since this is the only show that I've found involving Hungary in any way, I'm going to talk about Hungary because I may not get another chance. So Hungary's official name is Hungary. It is a landlocked European country located in Central Europe. It is bordered by Slovakia to the north, Ukraine to the northeast, Romania to the east and southeast, Serbia to the south, Croatia to the south and southwest, Slovenia to the west, and Austria to the west and northwest. The show that takes place the closest to where this show takes place is the Italian show Sabura Blood on Rome, which takes place in Rome about 516 years later. The other show that takes place nearby is the Italian show Gomorrah, which takes place in Naples, Italy. I will, of course, have the map up there for you. I may also include a map of Hungary, just so that you can kind of see where Hungary is, because obviously the show doesn't take place in Hungary, but... Some fun facts about Hungary are, it changed its name from the Republic of Hungary to just Hungary at the beginning of 2012. It is considered rude to clink beer glasses, and that's because according to Hungarian legend in 1848, 13 Hungarian generals were executed during the revolution against Austria, and after each execution, the Austrians clinked their glasses, and Hungarians swore that they would not clink their beer glasses for 150 years. Obviously, it's been longer than 150 years, but the custom has stayed. Hungary is one of the oldest countries in Europe. It was founded in 895. Parents must choose a name for their child from a list of pre-approved names, and if they want to name them one that is not on the list, they have to submit an application for the name to be approved by the government. The Rubik's Cube was invented in Hungary. The Hungarian alphabet has 44 letters. It is known as Magyar and is a direct descendant of the language spoken by the Huns. It is the hardest language in the world to learn, and the only two languages that are related to it in Europe are Finnish and Estonian. And finally, the Hungarian equivalent of the boogeyman is a giant owl with a copper penis. 
called Risfasu Bagoi. It means brass owl, and honestly, that is way more terrifying than the boogeyman in my opinion. They speak mainly English in this show. They do speak some Latin, but it's mostly English. The Latin is mainly when they like start praying and shit. There are no audio alternatives, and subtitles are only available in closed caption English. The show is rated TVMA. The disclaimers that Netflix has for this show are sex, nudity, and gore. I want to mention that a 14-year-old is raped by her husband. It's a tough scene to watch, so be aware of that before watching this show. There is also incest in their show, so there's that as well. The links to all the websites where I got the information for the show, the fun facts, and any other information that I did not use my memory for are going to be linked in the description of this episode as well as in the caption for the post that I made for the show on Instagram. Do you enjoy dark comedy, puns, and laughter? If so, come join two good brothers, John and Patrick, as we discuss some of the craziest ways people die. That's so bizarre, strange, and borderline comical that it'll leave you dumbfounded. You can follow this podcast on all major platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. And make sure to follow us on social media on Instagram at the Dumbfounded Pod and on Twitter at TDFDPod. And remember, think ahead, don't be dumbfounded. So there are a lot of people who star in this show, but I'm going to focus on who plays the more important roles, obviously, but there are so many people in this show that the familiar faces section is going to be pretty long this time around. But first is Rodrigo Borgias. He is played by Jeremy Irons. He's a cardinal who is scheming to become the next pope. Then we have Rodrigo's family, the mother of his children, Vanoza Catanio, who is played by Joanne Wally. The order of his children in the show does not match the order of them in real life, or according to most historians. In this show, the oldest is Cesare, who is played by Francois Arnaud, Juan, who is played by David Oakes, Lucrezia, who is played by Holiday Grangier, and Joffrey, who is played by Aidan Alexander. There are some cardinals that are part of the College of Cardinals that play significant roles in the show. They are Cardinal Escanio Sforza, who's played by Peter Sullivan, Cardinal Giuliano della Rovere, who is played by Colum Fiore, Cardinal Alessandro Piccolomini, who is played by Bosco Hogan, and Cardinal Julius Forsucci, who's played by Vernon Dobchev. Some other characters that play significant roles, but I'm not going to tell you how, are Micheletto, who is played by Sean Harris, Julia Farnisi, who is played by Lotte Verbeek, Katerina Sforza, who is played by Gina McKee, and Alfonso of Aragon, who is played by Sebastian de Sosa. Like I said before, there are a lot more people in this show, but these are the most important ones. I will put the pictures up on Instagram so you can check them out. The description that Netflix has for this show is, The notorious Renaissance family stops at nothing to hold onto power. Murder, lust, intrigue, and that's just in church. It opens up with the intro, which is nice to get out of the way, but the actual show starts off with a shot of Rome, Italy, and the words, Rome, 1492, the center of the Christian world, the seat of the papacy, the Pope had the power to crown and uncrown kings, to change the course of empires. The church was mired in corruption. Pope Innocent VIII was dying, and the papal throne was the prize desired by all. After that, we see Pope Innocent VIII lying in bed, and I believe he's receiving his last rites, but we see Rodrigo Borgia kind of peeking around the corner of the doorway, and Pope Innocent calls out the fact that he's afraid to enter the room, but tells him he needs to enter, and then Rodrigo looks back and slightly nods, and he and the rest of the members of the College of Cardinals enter the room, and the Pope admits that he's afraid to die, and then calls out some of the Cardinals that are there, Colonna, Sforza, Orsini, Borgia, Della Rovere, and as he does this, they show us who the men are. 
which is really nice going forward when you're trying to remember who everyone is because sometimes they talk about people but they don't show them until like episode six and you're like oh okay 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 so at least you have a a quick flash of what these men look like but he mentions how these men are going to be fighting like crazy to become the next pope and get the chance to sit on saint peter's throne and he's talking about how at one point the throne was pure because of their greed they have ruined the image and purity of the position and he asks which one will make it pure again and delaro very looks like he's about to shout out me but before he can say anything rodrigo says it shall be cleansed with the tears we shed for you which caused the other cardinals to look at him like bro but orsini makes it racist by pointing out that rodrigo is spanish and not italian and that's something that the other cardinals bring up a lot that he shouldn't be pope because he isn't pure italian but rodrigo responds that he is saying that as the vice chancellor of the college of cardinals and then he goes and bows at the feet of the pope and says he swears before the living god and then the other cardinals all join in and they all bow, except for Della Rovere, who goes up and holds the Pope's hand and says, the glory of our Holy Mother Church will be restored in my lifetime, and then kisses his hand. There's a lot of, like, eye-rolling, ass-kissing at the beginning of this sh show, so just be prepared for that. But right off the bat, you can see the competition that is going to be ongoing throughout the show between the different cardinals, but especially between Rodrigo Borgias and Giuliano Della Rovere, but also how the Borgias are not welcomed by almost anyone and everyone in Rome because of the fact that they have Spanish blood. Now we meet two of the other main players in the show, Cesare and Lucrezia, and when I say the relationship between this brother and sister is fucking weird, I mean really fucking weird. And it starts off super weird because the first time we see them is when Lucrezia is spying on Cesare having sex with a prostitute. And it's not like she heard noises and was investigating but had no clue it was her brother and then was like, oh my god, no, 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 no. She knew and she still watched. Cesare is a bishop, so he's not supposed to be sleeping with a prostitute, but considering his father is a cardinal who has four children, I don't really think that family cares about the oath of celibacy. And Lucrezia is 14 years old. And if you know anything about the Borgias family, you may know about the rumors that were going around at the time about these two. And the show really leans into those rumors. I didn't know about them until after watching this first episode because I had to look up to see if these two were actually brother and sister because they made me extremely uncomfortable. But during their weird brother-sister moment, we find out that Cesare doesn't want to be a bishop at all and that his father forced him to become one. And that is part of Cesare's storyline in the three seasons. But next we see what happens after the news breaks that Pope Innocent VIII has died. Rodrigo warns Cesare to protect their family because Rome is going to be in a state of anarchy until the next Pope is chosen. And we see the soldiers preparing the Vatican for such anarchy. They're closing all the windows, guarding all the doors. And Rodrigo and Cesare go over their plan if they fail to win the first vote. I'm not going to go over that. You can watch the show to see what their plan is. But Rodrigo wants to go over it because once the vote starts, the Cardinals are not allowed to leave or have any sort of communication with the outside world until a new pope is chosen. But after they go over the plan, we meet Juan, the second Borgias child, well, the second child in this show, and he's fighting with a guy in the streets of Rome who's telling him to go back to Spain and that his days in Rome are over, and Juan says that he was born in Rome, as far as he was aware, and then the guy compares him to being a pig, being born in a stable, and how that doesn't make a pig a horse, which leads Juan to start to draw his sword, rightfully so in my opinion. But he does stop himself, and they keep walking, having already drawn a bit of a crowd as they go back and forth a little bit about how the new pope will make sure that Rome is for Romans only. 
Juan calls the guy's mom a Roman whore, which causes the other guy to draw his sword and go after Juan, which leads to a sword fight. I won't tell you the outcome of that sword fight, but it very quickly becomes unfair for Juan. But after that's over, we meet their mother, Vanoza Catano, and their younger brother, Joffrey, who's playing cards with Lucrezia, and the family's talking about how things will change should Rodrigo become the next pope. And that's where I'm going to leave it. The rest of the first episode is the College of Cardinals voting on the next pope and the outcome of that pope. They have to vote several times. It's not like a one-and-done type situation. As well as some other events that take place that do lead us to meeting Michaeletto for the first time, but I don't want to spoil any of that. But the rest of the show is the fallout of the election and the battle between different families, which leads to some questionable alliances formed and some very bad decisions made by, well, I'm going to say all of the characters. Before I get to my likes and dislikes, here's a promo from my friend Kevin. He has a brand new podcast coming out called Addiction. He His original podcast is The Jury Room. I've played his promo for that so many times on this podcast, but here is a promo for his new podcast called Addiction. Check it out. Addiction, noun, the factor condition of being addicted to a particular substance, thing, or activity. An overwhelming compulsion. What makes us fall into the world of drugs and addiction? Why can some of us dabble in the illicit and walk away unscathed, while others of us travel downward into the deep spiral of addiction? Humans have always had a fascination with the allure of getting high. Our obsession with drugs isn't a new societal epidemic, but one that has actually has its roots dating back to the ancient days of mankind. While the drugs we utilize to try and get high nowadays may have shifted, our fascination with the darkened path of addiction has not changed. If you or a loved one have been struggling with addiction, or have in the past, and would like to share your story, please feel free to reach out to me via social media or through email at juryroompodcast at gmail.com. This is Addicted. A Jury Room production. Coming soon to wherever you listen to this podcast. So for my likes and dislikes, overall I enjoyed the show. However, it wasn't my favorite show and it got weirder as it went on. I mean, it was pretty weird at the beginning, but it got a bit normal for a little bit before it really started getting weird. I thought the acting was really good, and if you're okay with it not being 100% or even like 60% accurate, then it's enjoyable. However, if you don't like when creative liberties are taken as much as this show does, then it might not be for you. What I will say is the names are accurate. However, they changed the order of the Borgias kids a little, like I mentioned earlier, and may have left one out completely, depending on what source you read. The weirdest thing that happens in this show, which I hinted at a little bit earlier, is a rumor, but a rumor that is very much believed to be true, and the order of when Rodrigo Borgias met some of the people in the show is also not accurate, and even the outcome of a major event in his life is different, a very different outcome in this show than in real life, and it's not him becoming Pope. That did happen. It's something that happens after. It's great for the storyline, but again, historically, it's not accurate, so... Um, if that bothers you, then again, maybe the show isn't for you. Um, I mentioned the order of the kids. Cesare is the oldest in the show, but I believe that Juan is actually the oldest in real life. So I don't know why they flipped them, but they, they did. Some of the CGI wasn't good, but overall it wasn't bad. 
like I said, I enjoyed the show, but I can't think of anything else specifically that I liked or didn't like. If you guys watched the show or have already seen the show, let me know what you think about it. Because, again, it was kind of a middle-of-the-road type of, of show for me. I kind of understand why it was cancelled, but I kind of also wish there was a fourth season, you know, so one of those types of shows. For things that stood out, I mean legit everything. It takes place in 1492. They play cards with cards that are bigger than my head. Uh, we see the tradition of the smoke coming out of the chimney with the new pope. I remember watching when Pope Francis became pope with my mom and brother back in 2013, so it was kind of cool seeing it in this show, like in a weird Catholic way, I guess. Uh, we see the process of preparing Rodrigo Borges to become Pope Alexander VI. It reminded me of the scene in Black Crows where they are preparing Nawaf for a suicide mission, if I'm being 100% honest, so that was kind of weird. We see the repenters wearing the KKK hoods again. We saw this in Gomorra. I know that the hoods come from this tradition or ritual where repenters flog themselves, but seeing them is still jarring because of what they represent here in the US. And unfortunately that image and that connection will never be different for me. We see the College of Cardinals. They vote on things kind of like Congress, but you get to see some of the meetings, which is kind of cool. And finally, there is a scene in season two, episode eight, and I have no idea why they do this. I thought it was a foreshadowing thing, but maybe they were trying to trick the audience or something. But Alexander and the Cardinals are eating dinner. And when he says they shall eat, we get a shot of the long table and the Cardinals all move to recreate the Last Supper painting. It's really weird. And when it happened, I was like, wait, go back. They did not just do that. And then I was like, oh my God, they did. They literally did. And again, I don't know why they did it. And I guess it's kind of cool, but it was, I was just like, that's... That's pretty weird. If you guys watch the show and anything stands out to you, let me know. So for words and phrases, I don't have a lot this week because the show is mostly in English, but I do have one Latin phrase and one Italian word. The Italian word is sprezzatura, spelled S-P-R-E-Z-Z-A-T-U-R-A, and it means contempt. And the Latin phrase is ecce homo, spelled E-C-C-E space H-O-M-O, and it means behold the man. Like I mentioned earlier, there is, you know, a good amount of Latin in this show, especially during prayers, so I thought I would maybe get more, but that was the only one that I was able to get, obviously, or else I'd be telling you more of them. But if you guys watched this show and are able to pick up any words or phrases, then let me know. So this is gonna feel like the longest part of the entire episode. And it's the familiar faces section, and that's because there are a lot. This is the most recognized cast and supporting actors I've ever seen. Like, in any show I've ever watched, ever. Not just for this podcast, but like, literally ever. So first and foremost, the most obvious one is Jeremy Irons. He is the voice of Scar in The Lion King. He is Alfred in the new Justice League movies. But he's been in so many things that like... I'm sure every single one of you that's listening is going to know him from something else. And to be honest, I didn't exactly recognize him at first. Like, I knew he looked familiar, but I couldn't think of where I knew him from. And his voice was the main thing that I recognized. And it wasn't until he harshly whispered something in episode three or something, and I was like, <gasps> Scar! It's Scar! So, again, he's probably the most recognizable actor in any of these shows that I've covered. At least here in the United States. Emmanuel Shriki, who may be the second most recognizable person in the show, plays Sancha, 
but most people will know her as Sloane from Entourage, but she was also in The Mentalist, Are You Afraid of the Dark, Snow Day, which is my favorite, The O.C., the music video of Lips of an Angel by Hinder, You Don't Mess with the Zohan, and she's voiced so many things, American Dad, Phineas and Ferb, Call of Duty Black Ops, Thundercats, and Tron Uprising. She's legit been in so many things. You might not know what her, like, real name is, but I promise you, I mean, Sloan from Entourage, I, you know you know who she is. You absolutely know who she is. The one person that I recognized that made me super happy to see her was Sarah Soleimani. She plays a prostitute in this show. She's only in one episode, I think for like a total of like 10 minutes maybe, but I know her from the show Him and Her. She plays Becky in that show and it is one of my favorite shows of all time. And again, it was her voice that I recognized, but this time it was because I was folding my clothes and putting them away, so I wasn't actually looking at the TV. But as soon as I heard her voice, I knew exactly who it was and I, like I said, I was so, so happy. If you've seen the show Schitt's Creek, then you probably will recognize Francois Arnaud. He plays Cesare in the show, and in that show he plays Sebastian Rain. The actress that plays Catherine Sforza, Gina McKee, she is in the show Bodyguard with Richard Madden. She plays Samson in that show. We have Peter Sullivan, who plays Cardinal Ascanio Sforza. He was in the show Marcella. He played Phil Dawkins. Vernon Dobchev, who plays Cardinal Versucci, plays the butler in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, my favorite movie of all time. We have Pilau Asbach, who plays Joran Greyjoy in the show Game of Thrones. In this show, he plays Paolo Orsini. We have Ivan Kay, who plays Ludovico Sforza. In this show, he played King Ale and Vikings. We have Nathan O'Toole, who plays a kid named Vincenzo in this show, one of the little kids knocking on doors to enforce the word of God or something like that. I don't know, he's a little shit. But he plays young Bjorn in the show Vikings. There were a couple that have been in Law & Order SVU, Colm Fiore, who plays Giuliano della Roveri, and David Alpe, who plays Calvino. I'm sure there are probably a ton more people that you guys will recognize. I know that some of them were in shows like Game of Thrones, Skins, Doctor Who, Coronation Street, EastEnders, The Walking Dead, Peaky Blinders, Call the Midwife, The Crown, Misfits, Bridgerton, Dairy Girls, Turn of Charlie, The Inbetweeners, legit so many well-known shows, well-known movies as well, Spy, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, 300, Inception, Hellboy, The Martian, Braveheart, I mean, I could keep going and on and on and on, but I will be here all night listing them off. I saw some that are going to be in a show that I'm about to start watching, so I'll see if I recognize any of them, but I only listed the people that I actually recognized. So if you recognize any of the actors from this show, please let me know. I'm sure you will recognize probably like 20 more than I did each, so please, please let me know. It was kind of fun seeing how many people I could recognize. But that's all I have for you guys. The show was canceled, so I don't believe there will be any new seasons. Of course, if that changes, which I really don't think it will, I will let you guys know. If you guys do give the show a chance, let me know what you thought about it. I did enjoy the show for the most part. I think it would have been interesting to see where they would have gone if they had kept going. They weren't really that historically accurate, so while I know what happened to the Borgias in real life, I don't really know what the writers were planning for them as far as the show goes. If you guys have any ideas of either where the writers might have taken the show or where you would have liked to see them take it, let me know. As always, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at OfficialHYSI. You can check out the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash OfficialHYSI. And if you have any show suggestions or feedback, you can email me at HaveYouSeenIt1 at gmail.com. That is the number one, not the word. I hope you all have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend. Stay safe and healthy, and I will see you next week where I will be talking about the romantic drama Tango from Lebanon. Have you seen it? because I have.